0: Radio Gag, the gaze Against Guns show, prepare to gag, yeah!
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly gaze Against gun show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week, we will review the Queer Year 2022 in gun violence prevention news from the queer perspective, and all of the work GAG has accomplished over the year. We will examine everything from the change in our gun laws, mass shootings, assault weapons, armed intimidation, survivors, and how GAG has kept the LGBTQIA2S plus community a significant voice in the gun violence prevention movement. In 2022, gun violence reached record levels across the country. At the beginning of the year, Gag's focus was on children. The CDC had released a report that the leading cause of death among American children and teens was guns, not cars, injuries, or cancer, but guns. Now, this report could not have been created under the Dickey Amendment of the 1996 Omnibus Spending Bill, which mandated none of the CDC funds for injury prevention and control could be used to advocate or promote gun control. So from 1996 to 2018, the CDC feared losing funds and did not research or report on the gun violence epidemic. This was clarified in the law in 2018 to allow for such research. At the time, a political win for the gun violence prevention movement, but this is just one layer of how the GOP, NRA, and gun lobby have actively kept our nation at risk and dismissed the safety of our children. We covered Ethan's Law several times on the show. Ethan's Law mandates safety rules for storing a weapon in a home when a minor is present. It passed the House in June. Here's a clip from our episode, Be a Man, where I talked to survivor
2: and activist Mike Song. You know, I don't mind people who have guns that they use for self-defense, but there's a sense of like you can't move around the world at all. And then you watch a a, a six-year-old, 10-year-old girl selling Girl Scout cookies you know, at the at the local supermarket, she's not quivering in fear. You know, she knows she could get shot. Every every kid knows that that's a real risk today, but they're not quivering in fear. And so, I think there is something to it where, uh, you know, I think they've been sold a bill of goods that it means that you're protecting your family by having lots of guns in your house. And the opposite is true. The stats go up dramatically that your kids going to commit suicide, or a neighbor's going to come in the house uh, and play with the guns, or you know, what we're seeing right now play out in Parkland where a school shooter is going to come along, uh, depressed, bullied, uh, not detected somehow in the system, although it's mind boggling what, what, what is missed sometimes. But, uh, that school shooter is going to grab the family gun, Parkland, Sandy hook, dead kids, dead, dead, dead kids like my kid. And, uh, my kid died from an unsecured gun at a neighbor's home. But I can only tell you that If you walk in these shoes and you can't see the point in a law that just says kids around lock guns down there's just there's just something wrong there's just something wrong in your head with with how you perceive reality you know because the pain that you inflict by not having that law out there is is monstrous extra
3: extra supreme court
1: threatens new york gun safety laws ABC 7 ignores story. Extra, extra. Supreme Court threatens New York gun safety laws. Next, Radio Gag spent several shows discussing the Supreme Court case called New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, a 100-year state law limiting concealed carry in New York State. Gag protested as queer newsies in front of The Times, Fox News, and other stations, shaming the major media for not covering this story until it was too late and the law was overturned in June leaving New York State and New York City politicians scrambling to keep the most visited and densely populated areas safe with gun-free zones. New York Governor Hochul slammed concealed carry ruling as permit seekers skyrocketed. Other states were affected by the ruling but New York State created new requirements to obtain a concealed carry license. One, proof of completion of a firearms safety training course, four character references, a list of former and current social media accounts for the last three years, disclosure of an applicant's spouse or domestic partner, any other adults residing in the applicant's home, including any adult children of the applicant, and an in-person interview of the applicant with the licensing officer. Next, a new federal law. Biden signed the most landmark gun safety legislation in decades on July 11th. It includes $750 million to help states implement and run crisis intervention programs. Incentives for states to pass red flag laws that allow groups to petition courts to remove weapons from people deemed a threat to themselves or others. In addition, the bill expands an existing law that prevents people convicted of domestic abuse from owning a gun, to include dating partners rather than just spouses and former spouses. It also expands background checks on people between the ages of 18 and 21 seeking to buy a gun. The FBI already has proof this law works. These background checks have stopped dangerous individuals from purchasing guns since this summer, or at least purchasing them legally. This change came on the tail end of two high-profile mass shootings, Buffalo and Uvalde, which we will cover next. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30 bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. If you miss a show, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Please go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. On May 14, 2022, a mass shooting occurred in Buffalo, New York at a Topps-Friendly Markets supermarket. Ten people, all of whom were African-American, were murdered and three were injured. The shooter described himself as an ethno-nationalist and a supporter of white supremacy, who is motivated to commit acts of political violence. He voiced support for the far-right Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory in the context of a white genocide. On May twenty-fourth, 2022, a mass shooting occurred at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, where an 18-year-old former student fatally shot 19 students and two teachers and wounded 17 others. As Americans watched the live footage of another school shooting, the local police officers waited more than one hour and 14 minutes on site before breaching the classroom to engage the shooter. These two shootings unquestionably pushed our government to pass new gun safety regulations. But they also exposed how many citizens are armed for a race war and our police and their leadership are not mentally prepared to protect us. Case Against Guns has had many discussions, campaigns, and actions to ban assault weapons. Here is a clip of Sarah Jermaine Lilly and J.W. Walker from August after the assault weapons ban passed the House.
3: Jay, we brought you here today to talk about a historic assault weapons ban that has been passed in the lower house of Congress this week. But tell us about the history of this. How come we can't get an assault weapons ban passed?
4: Uh, I mean, it's really because the the gun industry, the gun lobby, um, has taken full control over the GOP. The the first assault weapons ban, which was enacted in 1994, you know, a re- as a part of the Omnibus Crime Bill, which also had some really problematic aspects to it, some real misunderstandings about causes of crime, et cetera, et cetera. But the assault weapons ban was at least one aspect of that crime bill that was extraordinarily successful. You know, it was enacted in 1994, as I said. We saw an immediate drop in the number of, of mass shootings, mass murders uh, using these weapons. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is that, When uh, the bill was getting um, debated and marked up and uh, going through reconciliation between both houses and what have you, the NRA is the one who inveigled with um, the Republicans in Congress to insert um, that sunset. Uh, The ban would expire in 10 years and uh, and going into the 2004 election. Don't forget, the 2004 expiration was right before the 2004 election. Um, The Democrats got scared and they um, did not do hardly anything except for a few people who were very, very. Um, focused on gun control issues and had been for, you know, for for the length of their careers, you know, did not try to mobilize any public support for the assault weapons ban, did not put out all the information to the people that might have encouraged a groundswell of support from the American people. So without the Democrats really doing anything meaningful to make it permanent, it was allowed to fail. And now what we're seeing is comparing the the 10 years of the assault ban to the 10 years immediately after it was allowed to expire, uh, almost three times as many mass shooting events, mass mass murders, and over four times as many dead in these mass shootings. So, I mean, the data's all there. You know, the NRA, the Republican Party, have managed to have effective messaging, perhaps, up until now. The fact that the Democratic Party has re-embraced um, the need for sensible gun control legislation over, you know, the last, certainly over the last six years since Gays Against Guns was founded in the wake of, of Pulse Orlando, that we've had elected officials brought into Congress on the issue of guns. And that's a positive uh, development. And the fact that the House of Representatives was able to get this ban passed is extraordinary.
1: For the last several years, Gag has had a vigil on the Trans Day of Remembrance, November 20th, with our human beings honoring the trans lives lost to gun violence. So much has changed in the last several years with how trans lives and deaths are reported now. Every town released a study that since 2017, reported trans homicides went up by 93%. Now part of this is because of the better cooperation with police and journalists reporting these deaths properly and respectfully. But this is a crisis. This year, Gag wanted to try and visualize this loss. So we planned for a vigil at Stonewall Inn and created an indoor memorial of placards of trans lives lost over the last five years. So these placards were the face of a victim of gun violence and a short bio. We had hung dozens on the second floor bar with video of some speakers from the community. Now, of course, this was planned before the shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs. So that day, our vigil had press and speakers. And the governor's office declaring all of November 2022 as Trans Awareness Month. And more people were there to pay tribute. All before we learned the names of the victims. Our most vulnerable are under attack and we have to change how we discuss the trans community. They cannot be dismissed, and we cannot tolerate the political attacks from the GOP and their inciting hate speech towards everything from performers to trans youth. Here's more from the Trans Day of Remembrance at Stonewall.
4: We to into Trans Day of Remembrance Theres our trans sisters Particularly, our black and brown trans sisters are going through this week in and week out, having members of our trans community cut down by gun violence. It's constant, it's increasing. But then to come in to, to wake up today and to have my phone exploding with news about five dead and 18 shot and who knows how much the death count is going to rise over the next few days in an atmosphere when we have politicians like Lauren Boebert saying that gay people shouldn't it should be illegal to come out before you're 21 years old when we have people calling anybody that stands up for our lives groomers when we have people just being beastly and awful to our communities for no other reason than to scapegoat us for their own dysfunction for the problems in society as a whole something that has been happening continually against our communities for centuries but we stand proudly we stand up for ourselves for our lives for our right to live for our right to love, for our right to gather in our in our in our in our places that are so important to us, our bars, our nightclubs, our night spots, the places that used to be the only places that we could go to be ourselves and in some cities around this country are still the only places that LGBTQIA2S Plus people can go and feel safe and secure and surrounded by love and warmth and community to have these sacred spaces continually attacked by people egged on by the far right, by politicians like Donald Trump and Lauren Beaufort and Marjorie Q. Green and the whole bloody lot of the Republican Party. We have to stand up we have to stand proudly, we have to stay centered in our knowledge that we are on the right side of history, we are on the right side of humanity, we are on the right side across the board. And they, those people so filled with hatred and sometimes their own self-loathing for what they feel inside of themselves. Preacher Jay that they are the lost ones. They are the ones that our society cannot tolerate, not us. We are the strong. We are the mighty. We stand up for the lives of people in our communities and outside of our communities every single goddamn day. We are not going to let these attacks on our community go unanswered we will stand up, we will stand proudly, and I thank you all for coming. Thank you for joining Gays Against Guns. Thank you for coming to our community.
1: Armed intimidation is on the rise in our country, and while gag was in dc for the national vigil we held a press conference concerning the recent armed protests and attacks centered around drag story hour
4: our lgbtqia2s plus communities are under siege and our federal government and our law enforcement have been ignoring us when these Proud Boys and Patriot Fronters and Three Percenters and whatever they want to call themselves, these modern clansmen, decide that they are going to arm themselves and harass and intimidate and threaten members of our community in person, in our sacred spaces, in the places where we hang our glowing balls of light When those law enforcement people do absolutely nothing to stop them, it emboldens them. It emboldens them to the point where they decide that they can shoot out power substations powering an entire county of one of our states and plunge 45,000 people of every gender, of every race, of every sexuality, into darkness compromising the health care of the elderly compromising the ability of hospitals to care for newborns and so when people who do not spend their time in drag clubs who did not feel threatened when club q was attacked who did not feel threatened six years ago when pulse in orlando was, was virtually was, was in fact destroyed by a mad gunman, when they feel that because it is not their space that they should not have to worry, they need to know that these weak-minded, angry, small men who commit these atrocities across our country are only ever going to expand their attack radius. It is not going to remain with sexual minorities or performers who wear makeup, it is always going to end up attacking the general public. And our law enforcement and our government should know that. We just saw it happen in 2020 and 2021. Armed, weak men stormed state capitals because they didn't want to wear a goddamned mask. And our law enforcement and our government authorities didn't do a damn thing about them, didn't arrest them, didn't take away their guns, didn't do anything to stop them. Barely did anything when a group of them threatened to kidnap, rape, and try a governor of one of our states. And then they acted surprised when our capital was stormed on January 6, 2021, even though Congress people were begging for more safety, more security, more help in dealing with they and I and many people in Gays Against Guns and many people who fought in the resistance against the Trump administration for four years knew was going to happen on January 6th. Well, we are seeing that inaction repeated right now, and their failure to recognize that these organizations, these Proud Boys, these three presenters, these Patriot Fronters are terrorists, are domestic terrorists. Our legislators need to accept that and begin legislating real laws that will result in real consequences for these domestic terrorists. And until they do, and until law enforcement starts using the laws that are already on the books that prevent people from armed intimidation of American citizens, those laws are on the books right now. But our law enforcement is not using them to go after these people. And we are going to see things like what happened in Moore County, North Carolina, escalate. They are going to continue to get worse until people recognize this domestic terrorist threat for what it is.
1: To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, go to our Human Beings Facebook page for a more personal look at gun violence victims and their stories. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. Remember, all are welcome to come to Gag Meetings. And the best way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. A BAI Buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And just a modest monthly contribution can help keep us on air here at WBAI. Just go wbai.org, scroll down to BAI Buddy, or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI Buddy in the name of Radio Gag. We wanna thank all of our WBAI buddies and donors for your support this past year. Thank you. Lastly, I wanted to highlight survivors of gun violence. We have had several shows with survivors, but none like Sandy and Lonnie Phillips from Survivors Empowered. We have uh, Sandy and Lonnie Phillips from Survivors Empowered. Uh, We'd love for our listeners to know more about your organization.
3: Well, our organization started several years ago. Um, We had been affected by Jessie's death, of course, um, back in 2012. And she was killed at the Aurora Theater massacre at the Batman movie uh, premiere. And uh, along with 11 others and 70 wounded, uh, it was big news at the time. Um, and five months later, Sandy Hook happened, and we responded to Sandy Hook uh, as, uh, you know, just wanting to help them in any way we could, and seeing the the shock and the devastation on the parents' faces, um, I knew immediately that this is what we needed to be doing for the rest of our lives, and um, we, we know what that felt like. We remembered and seeing them reminded us of we looked just like that five months ago. So what can we do to help these people? And the organization just kind of grew from that desire to help others um, navigate through those first shocking waves of grief and uh, devastation and then on into finding a way for these people to find hope and uh, deal with their grief and find solutions to the PTSD that most survivors suffer from and depression and anxiety. So our organization has continued to morph from uh, not only responding, but now providing resources to survivors and making sure that uh, they have the ability to tap into mindfulness classes. Uh, to tap into a, a new, in fact, it's going live next week, we partnered with Giffords uh, and developed a uh, toolkit for survivors who want to know what What do I do next? What happens now? Where do I go? What What services are there? Uh, how do I find a trauma therapist uh, versus a grief therapist? Um just all those questions and and not knowing where to turn excuse me i guess we need to kind of redo that huh that's fine (laughs) but um not knowing where to turn is is really the the first thing that happens we were in texas jesse was killed in colorado and we were sitting there going well what, what do we do do we get on an airplane do they call us do we do we really know in fact that she's dead, even when old he was, all those questions just, you know, whirl ugh, around you and um, make the situation even harder to, to deal with.
1: Everyone I have met in the gun violence prevention movement is at a different stage of grieving. Becoming a survivor of gun violence is for the rest of your life. There is a start date to grieving, but not an end date. I saw Sandy in action during the conference, a mother who had recently lost her son. She repeated, he was my only son, over and over again. She said, I don't know what to do. Her trauma filled the room. Sandy immediately stepped into action, holding her hands, helping her breathe. The rest of us cleared the room, but I thought how proud Sandy's daughter, Jessie would be proud of her mother's work since losing her in the Aurora shooting. She is still grieving, but helping others find mindfulness and hope. To be clear, this nation needs to grieve, grieve together over the lives lost and the lack of empathy for that life. Each shooting gets closer to home, and we have proof that it's the access to guns in this country that makes you more likely to become a victim of gun violence or a survivor. Well, it is time to end our show. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, Have a great and safe day.
0: Can't get it right Why can't we see
3: equality For black and brown
0: and white So pitiful, the toxic Trump You lie with every word You Russian whore, you stupid chump Your cabinet is absurd